2: It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the Western Wheat Growers Association applauds the rowways for record grain movement in January, but worry about this month's frigid weather and the impact on exports. The Western Grains Research Foundation provides support to northern crop development in Prince Albert, Real agriculture looks at U.S. farm issues and possible impact in Canada. We have a feature from the Beef Industry Conference on Food Bullying. And Saskatchewan agriculture has recommendations on seed preparation for spring planting. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Hello there. This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call one 800 324 77 78 the western canadian wheat growers is congratulating the two national railways for record grain movement in january wheat growers chair daryl Fransou of glassland says farmers and international customers need reliable grain transportation year-round
3: yeah the rails have been doing an incredible job ever since uh, you know COVID hit and and things other commodities slow down on the railroad so it's nice to see that they're prioritizing our grain and Uh, Kudos to them. They're moving records amounts, and and we're becoming uh, a reliable shipper again.
2: How important is it to be a reliable and have reliable grain movement?
3: You know, when we went through some of the backlogs or or some of the blockades, we heard firsthand from our export customers that it's an issue. They they go with price first and foremost, but they need to know that grain's going to get there and get there on time. So with these uh, record grain movements, we're happy to see that, and it's something that we we expect to keep happening from here on in. We we know what they can do now, and that's our new expectation.
2: How do farmers benefit from this Good Grain movement?
3: You know, all, all around the, the the export price is better. You know, movement is better. We get money on time. Uh, we can pay our bills on time. It's, it's just it's good all around
2: for the economy. Are you worried about February? We've got some pretty bitterly cold weather right now.
3: You you know what's funny? You think. You know, 100 years, the railroads, railroads have been running. you think we could figure out how to move grain in cold weather, but we haven't done that yet. So my hope is that they're doing the best they can, and I'm sure they are. You know, safety is the utmost concern to everyone in the whole industry. So I hope, I, I expect our numbers are going to drop a little bit, but I, I hope we're kind of figuring that out, how we can be more productive and more efficient when the weather does drop, because we do live in Canada,
2: after all. So you are expecting a bit of a drop. Care to guess what you might think it might be?
3: You know, I I can't guess right now. You know, we've been cold for a week, and I know they have to shorten trains up, they have to slow them down. So there, I would expect a drop if there's not. Kudos to them, good on them. But I'll, I will be surprised if we don't see uh, movement down a little bit. But you know, we've seen uh, with CN eleven record months, CP has been right there along with them. So they've moved a lot of grain, they've done a good job.
2: What are you hoping for spring movement of grain and sales?
3: You know, normally in the spring, uh, producers aren't delivering as much. We're more worried about seeding the crop. So so deliveries to terminals do go down. Uh, the amount on rail goes down. So I suspect we'll see that again. But like I said, I'm I'm hopeful that the rails keep moving our grain like they are. We, we finally found out this is the kind of capacity we can get and the kind of capacity we deserve. So hopefully they keep it up. I am a little skeptical, but I hope it happens.
2: Daryl Franz, who is the chair of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association.
0: Hello, this is Joel Murkowski with Johnson's Grain, it's reaching out to our clients to let you know that we have some special pricing available right now. We are doing a lot of business in the 750 a bushel, fog farm kind of ballpark. We're still hitting feed barley prices uh, at six bucks and above. We've seen some historic pricing on on feed grains right now. I'm always looking for feed pulses, oats. Uh, Screenings, Anything feed right now is is a really big target for us. Lots of great uh, pricing available. Give us a call at 1-800-324-7778 and get your feed grain. Back
1: to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: The Saskatoon-based Western Grains Research Foundation has announced a $267,000 investment for crop research in the Northern Grain Belt. Executive Director Garth Patterson says the funds will go to the Conservation Learning Centre just south of Prince Albert.
0: WGRF approving uh, close to $267,000 for uh, research equipment at the Conservation Learning Centre near Prince Albert. And this is part of a number of announcements that we're making uh, regarding increase in uh, crop research capacity across Western Canada.
2: It's part of a thirty-two million dollar announcement, is it?
0: Yes, this is part of a thirty-two million dollar uh, initiative that we started a number of years ago to increase uh, both human resource and equipment and facility capacity uh, in in crop research uh, locations across Western Canada.
2: Just what is the Conservation Learning Center, and what are they using the
0: funds for? Well, the Conservation Learning Center is what we would call an applied research association that does research that is really driven by farmers and very important to farmers in the region. And there's a number of these applied research uh, associations across Western Canada. In this case, the Conservation Learning Centre has uh, purchased a new plot combine with the funds that we've provided them. So this will allow them to uh, not only do more research, but also uh, get better quality data off the research that they're conducting.
2: How will farmers benefit from this research?
0: Well, what this will do is it will allow uh, there's a number of ways they'll benefit of course uh, they can get more timely and better quality data that will hopefully help them you know adapt research back on their farms and uh, secondly, it allows the conservation learning center to uh, increase its collaborations with other centers across western Canada and that again, gives farmers access to more data that they can take back to their farm and evaluate.
2: So is it going to be a busy year for the Western Grains Research
0: Foundation in terms of providing support for research this year? As far as providing capacity funding, we anticipate it to be very busy with a number of uh, key announcements uh, coming again here in 2021 Uh, with respect to funding of crop research this year, I think the big question mark is still how much of an impact COVID will have. It certainly uh, impacted us last year as it did a number of organizations. So we're all sort of waiting to see, you know, how much uh, the researchers are able to get out in the field and how much lab work they're able to do. And uh, we're working with them to adapt as needed. What kind of adaptations do you see likely be necessary? Well the most common adaptation that researchers are making is they're uh, deferring some of their research to future years so we uh, offer a lot of flexibility with our funding and we work with researchers to uh, allow them to extend their projects extra years to get all the research in that they had planned to do. It really does depend though on the institution and the the COVID risk in certain situations but we certainly know researchers and, uh, and their staff are doing everything they can from working in their garages and at home and doing other things to stay, stay safe during COVID to make sure they can uh, get the research done that's planned. And field work can still be done. For the most part, we saw field work go forward, but it really does depend on the situation, and each, each organization makes their own risk assessment. You know, whether it be Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada or a university or an applied research association. So there, we are, we did find a fair bit of variability last year in in this, Jim, and we're hoping that you know, there'll be as much as possible done, of course, here in 2021.
2: Garth Patterson is the Executive Director of the Western Grains Research Foundation.
1: Time
0: now for Real Agriculture with
1: Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update
4: brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaSchool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. My guest today is Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report, and there are a lot of issues right now that are happening in the United States and and what we're going to see inside this Biden administration and how all of that works back to impacting Canada. Tyne, uh, new administration in the U S. Um, it's been, uh, well, it's been all, I guess, three weeks now of the Biden administration. Uh, wh- what are we seeing in these early days? Uh, what are some of the priorities as relates to agriculture?
5: Well, the key right now is, you know, Biden, President Biden has some key picks. Uh, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, who, um, if confirmed, will be returning. Well, the the Senate Ag Committee confirmed his nomination to push him to the full Senate. We still haven't seen a vote in the full Senate for him. We still haven't seen a vote in the full Senate for um, EPA nominee Michael Regan, and we still even haven't even seen a committee vote for Catherine Tai, who's been nominated as the U.S. Trade Representative. So right now. Uh, we have a, a little bit of a, an issue being worked out in the Senate when we look at an impeachment trial for the former President Donald Trump. They said that was not going to take time away from, you know, some of the other duties that Senate needs to get to. That's not happening. That's taking all of their time right now. And so there are some key nominees that we've been talking to that we've really been trying to figure out, OK, what will priorities be? And we got a glimpse of that, Sean, really, whenever they were in front of the Senate Ag Committee, as well as Michael Regan in front of his committee. But they're they're not in yet. They are not confirmed by the full Senate, and so it's kind of a, a, a hold pattern at this point.
4: Yeah, which was kind of the worry, right? This was the worry. This was some of, one of the things that Republicans had warned the Democrats about is that listen, you know, be careful on this. You 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 got a pretty aggressive plan in your first hundred days, and an impeachment trial is going to do nothing but slow it down. One of the things that uh, I find interesting is how aggressively other. Other cabinet positions have reached out to agriculture. It hasn't, it hasn't been just people in USDA saying, hey, we're going to make some changes and we're going to talk to farmers and, you know, the Democrats are going to re-cement their, uh, I, guess, I guess, re-establish connection, connections in, in farm country. We've seen, like, people at EPA reaching out and saying, hey, how can we work together, which is unusual.
5: Yeah, you know, agriculture and EPA doesn't always have the best relationship, right, in the past. You look at the past, and especially the past four years uh, with the, the debacle over biofuels and and them saying that that EPA undermined the renewable fuels standard. But Michael Regan, who is the pick to lead EPA, he actually, I guess, has reached out to a ton of farm groups and some saying that they have been in Washington and in politics since, since the years of, uh, of um, Reagan, and they have never seen... Someone reach out. And be as proactive as, as Michael Regan has been. And so I think there's hope that that means that, you know, they've been able to not only make their case when it comes to restoring integrity of the RFS and what it means for biofuels, but from what I hear, they say that that, that Regan is really listening. So it's not just this, mm-hmm. oh, I called, check a box, and, and, you know, a talking head. He's actually listening to what, you know, ag groups really want to see EPA do in some of the priorities. So we know it's not going to be perfect. Agriculture is not going to agree with everything this EPA does. How can you? There's a balance act here but I think there's some hope that we will see this administration really focus on biofuels and use biofuels as possible a solution to climate but you have to remember that we did see one executive order already come out of the White House uh, that says that the entire federal fleet of vehicles in this country will move to electric and so you know Sean I asked I, I called some of the renewable fuels group and I said okay what am I missing here? Because you guys are still saying here that the Biden administration, you think is going to be good for renewable fuels, understands it, is going to prioritize it. But then I see the White House announce electric vehicles. Those two things really don't go together. And they said, well, Tony, you have to remember this. When was E85 first introduced? In the late 90s. Sean in the late 90s and the goal was to have it be widespread right well we use E85 in some vehicles today but not every vehicle not everyone and it's not the large chunk of demand that I thought they you know that I think they thought it was going to be and so what happens you know as a goal and what priorities they lay out and reality those don't always mesh up and so I think that's I think that's what they're saying is they still think that biofuels has has a place um but but I guess the verdict's still out on that right Sean?
4: This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.
1: It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Today, mainly sunny sky, wind northwest 30, the high minus 27, wind chill near minus 44 and frostbite in minutes, the low minus 33. Friday, partly cloudy, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high minus 27 tomorrow, wind chill minus 43 in the morning and minus 38 in the afternoon, frostbite in minutes, the low minus 35. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 26, the low minus 36. Sunday, is sunny, the high minus 20, the low minus 29. Monday, sunny, the high minus 13, the low minus 17. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 11, the low minus 18. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10. Normal high for this state, minus 7, the normal low minus 19. The sun rose at 8.17. This morning it sets at 6.08 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot. Up north, Uranium City, minus 23 degrees. That's the hot spot. The cold spot, Northern Grain Belt, Melfort at minus 36. Estevan is minus 29. Saskatoon, minus 34. Swift Current, minus 31. Weyburn, minus 30. Yorkton, minus 31. Regina, sunny and minus 33 degrees. That's 27 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west northwest at 21, giving a wind chill right now of minus 47 degrees. Humidity 71%, the barometer rising 104.2. Ice crystals in Moose Jaw, minus 31. Winds are from the west northwest at 26. Once again, Regina sunny and minus 33, that's 27 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
1: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director
2: Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Plenty of battles are being fought on social media these days, including those involving food. Since everyone eats, there are many opinions, some based on fact, but many centered on emotion or even deliberate misinformation. Michelle Payne is an author and dairy producer from Indiana. She's written a book called Take Food Bullying by the Horns. Payne was also a feature speaker at the online Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference a couple of weeks ago.
6: When you think about what food bullying is, it basically operates from a point of privilege. People who may have too much time, too much money, want to build their followers. It preys on people's fear. It preys on the misinformation. It preys on the confusion. It preys on the disconnect that they have from what we do on a daily basis.
2: Payne says there are different levels of food bullying.
6: It starts out with the zealot. The person that subscribes to one way is the only way, the right way. My family will only eat organic. It's the only healthy food. To those that judge, you know, the people that walk to the grocery store and look down their nose at your grocery cart. Uh, to the evangelizers, think about the animal rights activists on a college campus, handing out brochures and literature about how ranchers and farmers are doing horrible things to beef cattle. Uh, That's another level of bullying, and then those that taunt, particularly um, prevalent on Facebook and throughout social media. Questioning another person, um, shaming them if they make different food choices. And embarrassing them. And then the actual shaming where, for example, if you're in a mom group or a parent group or a dad group and you're supposed to bring snacks, but you're shamed if you don't bring snacks from the right brand, which in the States is Whole Foods, to um, the right labels and so forth.
2: Organizations such as PETA have very large social media followings and celebrity endorsements.
6: It is challenging when you consider the way that they are navigating the conversation and framing the conversation uh, the way that they best see fit.
2: When there are multiple messages coming from different sources, Payne says it's difficult for consumers to know what's correct and what's not.
6: People are stressed about their food. They're stressed about making the right choices. They're stressed that they're doing the right thing for their family. They feel guilty. And so the challenge that we have is to really try to think about that fear of the unknown.
2: Payne says in general terms, people tend to trust farmers, but are less certain about farming practices.
6: Trust is hard to come by when you don't know people. And what's really interesting is the Illinois Farm Family did a study that showed that people trust farmers, but not farming. And the challenge is that farmers are humans, and farming is practices. So people trust the humans, but they don't trust the practices because they're disconnected and they don't know them.
2: The vast majority of consumers have no direct farm experience, or even an opportunity to talk to a farmer. Payne says many have a difficult time distinguishing between a family pet and a farm animal.
6: And I think it is time that we help people understand that my cow is not your dog. My cow does not sleep inside at night. My cow does not go and get those glittery scrotums. And my cow does not have the same types of privileges as a companion animal, because the purpose of these animals is to provide us with food. And one of the ways that I talk about that very clearly is that it's an honor and privilege to care for these cattle so that they can provide us with food. And that is something that helps people feel better.
2: Sharing your story either in person or on social media matters more today than it ever has. Payne says it matters because people need low-priced food and agriculture deserves to have the practices and products they need to do the best job possible. Michelle Payne is an author and dairy producer from Indiana. She was one of the speakers at the online Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference last month. The latest weekly market report from SaskWheat says the 2020 wheat production estimate was raised to an all-time high, largely due to improved production in Australia, Canada and Iraq. Use of wheat has also been scaled down, mainly due to less feed wheat use in the European Union due to high prices. Wheat trade this crop year is expected to remain near the previous year's level, as higher imports by China, Iran, Morocco and Pakistan outweigh lower imports by Iraq and Turkey. The wheat Summary says harvest is wrapping up in Australia, with exceptional conditions in three states and poor in Queensland. Conditions are generally favorable for winter wheat in the European Union with some concerns about excess rainfall and winter kill. In Russia and Turkey, conditions are mixed for winter wheat due to dry conditions last fall. There is some concern about U.S. winter wheat due to dryness. Going forward, the outlook says it's a difficult market to call. The report says with punitive taxes, the Russian government has short-sightedly removed all of the inherent advantages and production incentives that gave Russian farmers their lead in world agriculture, and it seems to be heading down the same road as Argentina.
1: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca It's the time of year that producers need to look into their seed quality as we get closer to spring. Samantha Marcino is Saskatchewan Agriculture's Crops Extension Specialist based in Yorkton.
7: We're just trying to get guys to get thinking about it early. I mean, most producers probably have already, but the sooner you get it tested and get your results back, the sooner you'll be able to find new seed if you have to. We're just looking kind of separately at um, kind of the disease level. So if you're looking at cereals, for example, one of the main pathogens to look at would be Fusarium graminarium. It's not recommended to bring seed in to an area that is infected with fusarium graminarium if the pathogen is not already present. If it is already in your area, you can use the seed, um, like your wheat seed, for example, as long as the infection level is less than 5%. And anything over that two to 3% mark, definitely recommend um, using a seed treatment on that. Sticking with the cereals, there are some other fusarium pathogens that can affect germinating seeds, but as long as the seed lot has less than 5% total fusarium infection, it should be okay to plant. A few other diseases of concern in cereal are seed rots, seeding blights, and common root rots. Generally, seed treatments are effective against these pathogens. And one other that you could use a systemic seed treatment on to use to help this pathogen is loose smut. And this is because the pathogen is carried inside the embryo of seed and it's not soil or residue borne. So those are the main ones when we're looking at are cereal crops, but pulse crops definitely have a different list. So when we're looking... At the main ones for pulses, ascochyta is the main one in lentils and up to 5% infection is tolerable in the brown and dark brown soil zones. It is recommended to use seed with 0% ascochyta infection in the black soil zone. And if levels are nearing 5%, it's recommended to use seed treatment. Anything over 10% infection, the producer should start to look for a new seed source. Peas, on the other hand, can have a slightly higher tolerance for ascochyta and can handle up to 10% infection without significantly affecting plant establishment. Chickpeas, on the other hand, much lower. It's recommended to use seed with less than 0.3% infection and a seed treatment will always be suggested that even if levels are near zero. Anthracnose is another disease of concern in lentils but is not highly seedborne and rarely at levels over 1%. Two other ones that generally affect pulses can be Fusarium and Botrytis and up to 10% combined infection levels are tolerable for seeding but should have a seed treatment applied and the supply to lentils, chickpeas, as well as peas. So we're just trying to get the word out that getting your seed sample and knowing where you're at with your germ and your disease levels can really save you a lot of headache in the future.
2: For more information, you can call the Ag Knowledge Centre in Moose Jaw or go online at the Saskatchewan Agriculture website. Samantha Marcino is Saskatchewan Agriculture's Crops Extension Specialist based in Yorkton. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM market update is brought to you by scott bjornson of hollows wealth for more information or to book a free consultation call 1-800-284-9999 and nelson gm in assiniboia and avonlea if you are a costco member get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 suvs right now but terra prices were showing upward movement canola gained 1240 at 649.37 one red spring wheat gained four thirty nine at two seventy six seventy five. The rest all unchanged. Durham three ten forty eight. Feed barley two forty seven seventy. Flax eight zero one zero eight. Lentils six o two fifty. Oats two twenty nine fifty three. Yellow peas three eighty eighty nine. And feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are down one and a half cents at six seventeen and a quarter cent a bushel. <coughs>
1: It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM.
2: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes.
8: Good afternoon, this is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market, market Report for the week of February 11th. Well, it's cold here again this morning, but we managed to squeak out 450 head in the short, 50 head in our regular sale, a total of 500 head for our sale yesterday. We only had 25 cows and bulls here. Our best cows topped out at 79 and a quarter. The cows averaged 73 cents. On to the pre-sort sale. Yesterday, we featured our fifth annual Speckle Park sale. We had a total of 150 Speckles show up, which was respectable considering the cold weather. Some highlights on the Speckle steers. 560-pound Speckle steers at 220. 52 Speckle steers weighing 650. They topped out at 215. 29 speckled steers weighing 740 pounds, they topped out at 197, and 850 pound speckled steers at 170. On to the heifer side, 550 pound speckle heifers, 194, and 650 pound speckled heifers at 195. On to our regular pre-sort, some highlights, 650 pound black steers, 218, my favorite pen, 710 pound black steers at 205. We had some tan and white replacement heifers here, weighing 725 pounds at 172, 800 pounders 166, and 870 pound heifers at 165. Friday, uh, February 12th, we are still going ahead with our bred cow and heifer sale, which starts at 11, featuring 55 black and black broccal cows. 25 of these are first and second calvers, and 45 semi tall Angus cross heifers, expecting 130 to 150 head. Next Monday, February 15th, we are working and will be sorting for our pre-sort sale. It will be a two-day sort. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Enjoy the family day long weekend, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day and stay warm.
2: And the latest pork prices: one hundred and sixty-six dollars one cent per ckg. Coming up, the resource report.
1: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the resource report. Brookfield Infrastructure Partners has made an unsolicited offer to take InterPipeline private. It has made a proposal to buy the stake in the company it does not already own that implies a value for InterPipeline of seven point one billion dollars. It's offering $16.50 per share in cash, or .206 of a Brookfield Infrastructure Class A exchangeable share, a premium above Interpipeline's closing price yesterday of $13.40. The maximum cash available under the plan is $4.9 billion. Hormel Foods is going nuts. The Minnesota-based company, known for its meat brands like Spam and Applegate, says it's buying the planter's nut business from Kraft Heinz for $3.35 billion U.S., Included in the deal are planters brands like Nutrition Cheese Balls and Corn Nuts Hormel Foods says the acquisition significantly expands its presence in the growing snacking space. On the markets today, Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading as shares in the big names in the cannabis sector fell while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 42 points at 18,415. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 5 points at 31,432. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.82 cents U.S. compared with 78.81 cents Wednesday. The March crude oil contract was down 20 cents at 58 48 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley.
1: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive pre-emergent herbicides.